Hi, it's Angie with the Holistic Health Hotline. We're going to talk prophecies and news and um, weather today because guess what? It all has to do with holistic health as usual. But I am taking different, a different approach and a little different emphasis on all these things because people still are not understanding the connections, the symbolism, the meanings of things, the messages that we're getting, etc. Um, biggest news things today, energy, gas and oil, okay? We have Bush who says, oh, I think I'll change what my father said and start drilling for oil in the Gulf of Mexico and Florida and show what a good president I am. And that means nothing. Um, they will get some 500 billion gallons of oil eventually out of the Gulf of Mexico. It'll take seven to ten years to do that. And that'll last um, 18 years total. What happens after that? Nobody plans ahead, do they? Um, but what does that indicate to us in the first place? Now, first we had transportation problems, okay? We had airlines with 9-11 doing all these weird things, and then uh, with, with security, et cetera, <clears throat> and that cut back on some of the the air flights that many people were taking. So what did people do? They went out and bought SUVs. All up and down the roads now you can see SUVs for sale. Nobody wants them. They don't get enough gas mileage. Um, what happens in the winter about five months from now when people need oil for heat? Hmm. We won't have it then either, will we? And, and cutting gas prices at pumps is not going to change the fact that we don't have oil for heat. The good thing, if you want to look at the yin-yang of all this, is that not too many countries can start wars or want to if they know that they don't have enough oil and gas to suffice to take care of all of the mechanics, the machinery of war, like airplanes and jets and <clears throat> and ships and things like that. So maybe we're getting told something on that side, but I'm not done yet. Now let's go to water. I predicted the flooding in the Midwest um, about, I think we figured out it was 24 podcasts ago. Tried to tell people that things are going to happen with water <clears throat> and water runoff, etc., and that you need to start taking water more seriously. All those people who bought bottled water can't afford bottled water, nor can bottled water even be shipped into where they are. So now they're using tap water if it's on. The tap water is filled with more than 770 chemicals along with drugs, hormones, um, other runoffs, parasites, you name it, is in that water. So people are desperate, they need water. What are they going to do? They're going to drink it. What's going to happen to their bodies? Well, they're going to be filled with those chemicals and pesticides and and pig droppings and everything else that's in that water right now and is running downstream from Iowa all the way down through all the states. All these tributaries run everywhere, okay? So if you think you're up in Seattle and you're safe, just wait. Things will change. But what's the long-term effect of that? There are several. If people are going to be getting sicker and some of these diseases and, and symptoms won't show up for some time, health insurance costs are going to go up and medical costs are going to go up because our society says if you are sick, don't figure it out, don't take care of yourself, don't take charge of your health, run to a doctor. And if you can't run to a doctor, run somewhere and use your health insurance card of any kind to make sure that you get a quick fix so that you can go back to work because you're panicked about paying your mortgage or paying your water bill or paying your gas bill or filling up the car or paying insurance. Um, so we, we, instead of taking charge of what we're doing, we run to the medical people and look for quick fixes, which they won't have. 
okay? They won't have it. Now, we got some of these signs and symbols when the housing market changed. All of a sudden, all the people who ran out and got cheap houses, they thought they put one over on a lot of people because they got great mortgages and nice houses, and then all of a sudden, um, money doesn't mean as much as it did before, and they can't afford their houses, and now they're either selling them or giving them back to the banks and, and living homeless. We have more than a million people homeless in the United States. China now has more than a million people homeless from one flood. That's how quickly things happen. So the real estate market is not going to come back quickly. Unfortunately, for many real estate people, people who left other jobs because they wanted the quick bucks from selling houses because they were selling so quickly. But now people won't even run around in their cars to look at houses to buy because they can't afford the gasoline to do that. Now, what fuels us? What kind of fuel shortage are we having internally? Well, first of all, the water, of course. Now we have crops, all the Midwest crops that feed the United States, and they do. We get a, most of our wheat and barley and uh, all the things that make breads and, and everything else that you eat out there mostly comes from the Midwest. A lot of the fruits and vegetables come from the West Coast and the Southeast. Um, other industrialized products come from the Northeast, but food prices are going to go up because these poor farmers who are now underwater, because they were told to build near rivers, because you get better irrigation and cheaper irrigation that way, have storehoused all of their products from last year's harvest to sell this year, but they can't because the Mississippi's closed and there's no shipping. Okay, and they now have 80% of their crops underwater, so there won't be a harvest this year. What does that mean? That means we start importing more of our food. Well, we already know that food imports contain things that are not healthy for us and are dangerous to our health in a lot of instances. So there's a lot of potential disease. The potential disease heads right back to higher health insurance costs and higher medical costs. <clears throat> what do we do about all this? Well, people, it is time to start recognizing how these things are all connected and what it has to do with the changing energy that's going on around us. Native Americans, Mayan Indians, Nostradamus, Edgar Cayce, you name them, they told us all about this hundreds of years ago. You know, there's actually a prophecy rock out in Arizona that the Hopi Indians um, have uncovered and taken care of. There's one man, I don't remember his name, who was a chief, he's an elder, who has uh, made sure that that rock doesn't get touched anymore. It was full of... Um, dust and dirt from nuclear blasts that were done in the deserts of Alamogordo and places like that, and New Mexico. And um, Anyway, that particular rock showed the beginning of, of the First World War, which was when Columbus came to America. That's when we had the invasion of the body snatchers, the invasion of the Europeans who said, yeah, okay, so you're all spiritual and you're connected to the earth and to the sky and to the trees and the animals and the plants around you, but you're not connected correctly, so we're going to bring a cross in and show you how you need to be connected to spirit, and that was the missionaries, okay? Um, and when you are connected that way, then we'll show you how to live here, said the Europeans. 
Those were the French, the Spanish, uh, you know, the conquistadors who tried to conquer America, and, and then the British. And and then Americans said, no, we want to do it our way, and they became isolationists, and they said, you know, we'll trade with other countries, but we don't want to be involved in anybody's business. And um, there were actually large demonstrations after World War One, especially, um, of people who said, please don't get us involved in anything. We just want to take care of ourselves and, and learn how to take care of ourselves. But, of course, our government did always is a republic, um, didn't listen and got into the war anyway, actually caused it to happen. Uh, that's historical. I don't want to get too much into that, but if you really study FDR, who was in office for 18 years or something like that, um, because of the Great Depression of 1929 and the fact that so many people were out of work, we needed some vehicle, something to happen to force people back into the factory so that we weren't importing anything. And there weren't any countries that could import, export anything to us anyway. Um, and that we were selling or exporting our goods to them to make more money for our country. So what do you do? You kind of manipulate things and you cause some problems and you play some politics until you um, allow the kind of wars that we had in World War II. Anyway, okay, so we had all that going on, and <clears throat> and it is still going on. The the uh, conquerors said, you need to learn about inventions, like horse-drawn wagons, where instead of riding horses and being in tune with them and being connected to them spiritually, you now make them beasts of burden, along with cows and oxen and mules and donkeys and people. You put people as beasts of burden because you want to make more money. And the mighty dollar became almighty. And so we put on our dollars that were then coined in God we trust instead of in money we trust because it sounded better to do that than it did to say in money we trust because that's what we trust in in this country is money. Um, so anyway, so then the second line of the jagged road, which is not the correct road to be taking, the second line is more inventions. Now we invent things like the airplane, which... Uh, I actually just did a whole story on um, how the Air Force in the United States was built. And um, starting from Orville and Wilbur Wright all the way through to the B-29, the dropping of the bombs in Hiroshima and afterwards. And that did change things in this country drastically. Is there soul involved there? Is there spirit involved there? There's spirit, okay, but it's, it's, um, it's a spirit <laughs> that is different from the spirit that Native Americans would like us to follow. And the third is even more inventions, which becomes space travel and rocket engineering and um, microchip engineering, the computer, all the things about chips being injected into your body during vaccinations and other shots or, or drips or anything else that you're getting done so that there is some control over the population. <clears throat> okay, now you go back the other road, the spiritual road of the Native American, and you see a, a smooth road, not a jagged road, that says get back in touch with nature. Understand the animals around you and revere them. Honor the earth and understand that it is sacred. And that doesn't, doesn't just mean Mother Earth, I mean, that this, this entity that people put out there. That's the water, the air, the land, and everything that comes from it or goes back into it, which we do not honor. I mean, the amount of pesticides, herbicides, chemicals, drugs that go into our water supply, which is 80 to 90% of the earth, and then gets channeled through every stream and creek and, and lake and ocean is something beyond, I think, what people could comprehend and certainly could even measure. 200 and, oh, 
let's just say, eh, I don't even know how many years ago. Um, probably even right after, even right after the revolution. So it could still be the 1780s. You could still drink water from just about any water source in America. You can barely find a water source in America now that is not full of heavy metals at least, radiation materials, um, herbicides, pesticides, and then man-made drugs and chemicals like chlorine and fluoride that are now put into all of the water systems. You can't find a stream or a lake to drink out of that doesn't cause problems in your body and in your children's body and in the DNA of the next seven generations. I have said this in other podcasts, that as human beings, as soon as you reach the age of maturity, whatever that is in your culture or in your um, makeup, in your spiritual makeup, that could be the age of 21 or 30 or 65, um, you are then profoundly responsible for the next seven generations that follow you. And that means taking the responsibility of guarding the earth, guarding your country, understanding the sacredness of all the parts of the earth that you walk on, and doing what you need to do to stop other things from happening. If somebody said, well, what are you going to do about health insurance? You know what I'd do about health insurance if I was running for president? I would stop health insurance for anybody under the age of 65 and for anybody over the age of 12. By the age of 12, little girls and boys are turning into um, adolescents and by then should have a strong foundation of, of knowing how to take care of themselves, how to take care of each other, and how to at least do the initial medical first aid things that they need to do, just like the Boy Scouts did in that camp. And that's another message to people. The camp that got wiped out by the tornado. All these Boy Scouts were there, and they had learned how to take care of each other and do triage until the other medical authorities got there. But I would stop health insurance, and here's the reason why. Think about everybody you know. Everybody you know. They get a little sick and they run to the doctor. They get a little headache and they go to the, uh, the, the drugstore. They don't like the way their skin looks at the age of 13, so they go get birth control pills. They don't like how fat they got because they're, they're stressed and they're not sleeping correctly and they're eating junk food, so they go get diet pills. Um, they get the flu and they go to get a shot. They are reckless and self-centered when they are out on the road in either a car, a bike, a scooter, on skates, or even walking, they get hurt and they run to the hospital. I don't care how old they are, from any age, from 12 to 65. Now, if you've worked your entire life in this country and you're a citizen, and you have put your tax dollars into building this country into what it's supposed to be, then at the age of 65, you should have health insurance because your health will deteriorate because you've worked so hard. But everybody else shouldn't have it. And, and the reason is, if you don't have health insurance, I've never had health insurance, if you don't have it, you don't rely on it. And if you don't rely on it, you become much more serious about studying what you need to know about your body and the earth and the environment around you so that you can take care of yourself and you don't get sick, you don't go out of balance, you don't do stupid things to make sure that you're destroying the body that was given to you, and so you don't need health insurance. I haven't been to a doctor. I am 58 years old. The last time I went to a doctor was 14. 14. 
And the only reason I went then is because I had to. I was forced into it. But, uh, you know, the last time I needed a doctor, somebody cut my finger when I went to my daughter's graduation, and I reached into the back seat to unpile some of her stuff and sliced the tip of my finger almost off, which for somebody who does body work is not a good thing. And I was bleeding profusely. The first thing, the first thing other people said was, oh, you need to go get stitches. You need to go see a doctor. You need to go get that put back on. You need to go do this. You need to go die. I said, no. What I need is to stop the bleeding, and I will wrap this around the tip of my finger, and I will stop the bleeding. It took hours for the bleeding to stop. Was I scared? No. I was not. Actually, it was a good thing. Sometimes when you bleed, you make more red blood cells. Maybe I needed some new ones. Um, I made sure that it was bound correctly to put that piece back where it belonged. Her graduation was May 17th. Today is whatever it is, June 17th, 18th, and 19th, whatever it is. And my finger's perfect. It's all healed, and the tip is still there, and you can't see a scar. And I didn't go to the doctor, and it didn't cost me $3,000. And I didn't take any medications. I didn't even put anything on it. It healed. And it healed because that's what our bodies are meant to do, to heal themselves because we have the proper nutrients and hydration within them to take care of whatever attacks us from the outside. The air, we have a problem with. The air is thick with chemicals. Every time you see chemtrails in the sky, the next day if it rains, you will feel something in your sinuses, in your lungs, maybe even in your gut. The next time you eat a crop that has been dusted by the chemtrails that are above us, you will have a reaction to the chemicals that are on those crops. We now have genetically engineered crops. Do you even know what that means? Do you know what they're doing to the seeds and what they're doing to the farmers to make sure that we only eat the materials that they want us to eat? And what is anybody doing about it? You know, unfortunately or fortunately for all of you who listen to me, um, I'm a product of the 60s. I was born in 1950. So by 1961 and two, I was getting already kind of um, politicized. By the time 1968 came along, I was in the Marines. I was in the anti-war movement while in uniform in the Marine Corps. And thank you, the statute of limitations is gone, so nobody can do anything to me about that. I was proud of my country, proud of my uniform, but not proud of the fact that we were doing what we were doing there. Um, I wasn't proud when we left there, the way we left. I was not proud of that because we left people in worse shape than they were before. So, so. I have been a product of a lot of things. I was also in the women's movement. I taught women's studies for 12 years for nothing. I didn't get paid for it. And did I suffer because I didn't get paid for it? No. I went and did some other work that I was um, into at the time and got paid very well, as a matter of fact, and was still able to teach for 12 years and not get paid. And in the course of that teaching, of course, I had to do a lot of research. And I researched what was going on with food, for instance. Now, when I was seven, Reader's Digest came out with a, an article that talked about what happens to our food en route to our grocery stores, and I wouldn't eat for several days once I saw that because I didn't know at the time how we could counteract what people were doing to our food. And that meant, you know, um, defecating on lettuce and, and then brushing it off so you wouldn't know and things like that so that people who don't wash their foods would definitely get sick. Spitting in things, you know, um, urinating on things and 
this was all done out of anger and frustration um, from people who don't get paid the, the proper wage to do what they need to do or because they're stupid. I mean, let's face it, there's a lot of people out there who um, they are so self-centered and so negative and so evil that probably nothing that any of us on this side could do will ever change them or save them. They just have to face their maker and, and, and we hope that they do soon. Um, but so I studied food and I saw how much we were stockpiling food and telling farmers not to grow things to change the economy. That got me going right there. That changed my whole direction in everything I've done since because I realized how much the government manipulates our basic needs. Food, water, energy. They manipulate it to the point where we don't even know we're being manipulated anymore and we feel guilty for even feeling bad about what's going on with the food, the water, and energy. We think it's our fault and so we punish ourselves. We get depressed and we go out and take antidepressants and we, and we go out and buy more things to stimulate the economy. If you get your check from the IRS for three hundred, four, five, six hundred dollars $600, you are supposed to run out and buy things. So people run out and buy watches and radios and iPods and thank goodness for the iPods you wouldn't hear me, right? But yes, you would. If you didn't have an iPod and you didn't have a computer, you need to believe that if I knew that, and I do know that, I would find alternative ways for you to hear or learn what you need to learn from this podcast. Because then I would get creative, which is what we all have to start doing more of, getting creative to survive on this earth. What are you going to do? What is your creative process going to tell you to do just in case tomorrow you don't have water to drink? What are you going to do? What are you going to do if this winter you have no heat? What are you going to do if you can't drive the kids to school? What are you going to do if you can't afford food? Are you going to steal? Are you going to kill? Are you finally going to rampage on Washington? What are you going to do? And I don't know your answers. I don't know your answers. I don't want to give you answers. What I need you to do, though, is to, is to take the time to go into your soul, to into your spiritual self. Go sit on the grass. Go sit by the water. Go sit on a dock of the bay and, and ask yourself those questions. What will we do as a people if tomorrow there's no water? What will we do as a people if there is no such thing as gasoline and automobiles? What will we do if people from other places or our food or our water makes us so sick that we can't afford to get help? What will we do? How can we be creative? You can be creative within your own families. You can start there. But first, start with yourself because the kids are going to ask you questions. And if you don't know those answers for yourself, how are you going to help them? We got creative here. We've done it. We are doing it. There are lots of people out there who are doing it. I mean, we have a vegetable garden like you wouldn't believe right now. We've got eggplants and zucchini and tomatoes and yellow squash and peas and beans and all kinds of things that we eat every single day. We have salads and, and, and green vegetables every single day. And strawberries and apples and lemons and limes and, and herbs that we use to cook with to eat every single day. We have a whole house water system that makes sure that we bathe and drink pure water. We've just now gotten involved with a company that I think is going to go far and I used to be a financial planner, so I'm not too stupid on these levels. Um, it's called Zyx, and I, uh, there is a link on our website at earthwalk-usa.com. They have developed a machine 
that will make water from air. You have to plug it in. But they're working on getting solar panels so that we will always have water because there's always water in the air. And it cleans that water, purifies it, so that you can have your eight gallons of water a day if you need it. That's not taking care of showers yet. That doesn't take care of bathing. But you know what? If things if worse things if things got to the worst point they could possibly get and I made eight or sixteen gallons of water a day, I could take a bath in eight gallons of water. Not a problem. And I know it was clean. Um and and it you know it costs a little money just like our water purification system did our whole house system I think at the time we got it was like twenty nine hundred dollars and now they sell for forty eight or sixty five or something like that um, because of the cost of materials the granite and the KDF filters and the the carbon filters centaur carbon filters etc that are inside of that which we never have to change it's got a twenty five year warranty on it and this other machine that we have to make water out of air costs about um, $1,900, but it makes water for $0.08 cents a gallon, so we don't have to worry about anybody who comes to our place having to buy bottled water or, or anything else. And if the water department decides to shut off the spigots because they're overrun with um, flooding or hurricanes or whatever, all we have to do is, is plug this in and make more water, so we're not worried about that. When um, What are we going to do about cars and automobiles and gasoline? Well, a lot of people, like I said, are trying to sell their SUVs, and you see the newest entrepreneurial scheme is to get everybody in scooters. Do you have any idea how high auto and motorcycle insurance is going to go when every Tom, Dick, and Harry in the world goes out on our highways that were built for cars and trucks of considerable size and weight and try to, to manipulate their way through traffic at 60 miles an hour on a scooter? You're going to see some things happen there, and you can write that down. You're going to see more flooding in the south, southeast, and in the Midwest. You're going to see an earthquake, or two actually, um, according to the Mayan calendar, in the western part of the United States and also in the central part of the United States, up near Memphis and Nashville, those areas. You will see major quakes over on the Japanese shore um, and the Chinese shore. You will see another tsunami before this year is out. In most cases, that's very likely. Um, probably 80% sure that that's going to happen because of the earthquakes beneath the surface. We're in 2008. The massive changes that the Earth are, is going through is a process that ends somewhere between 2011 and 12. And that process does take time, but it also is very radical at least in our terms. If you're used to waking up every day seeing a blue sky, listening to birds, and then the day goes by and the next day happens and the next day happens, that's wonderful and that's part of your soul and that's the enchantment of life that's important to have. But what you also need to understand is that there's not a lot of time to get things done anymore because things are changing rapidly. All those people in the Midwest of the United States who thought, well, I'll sell that next year and I'll wait till the price goes up and I'll do this and I'll do that and I'm more in control than anybody else and I know this business better than anybody else and I've been around here for 60 years years and blah 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 you say all those things and then the floodwaters come and everything you thought you were in charge of just went away because we are not in charge we own nothing here we are not in charge of anything here except ourselves and our creative sides are crying out saying let us be creative let us learn a good way to live on the earth Native Americans have waited for many hundreds of years already for people to come back and say, how do we do this? And finally, they are. They are. Um, and the teaching is there. 
So, enough for today. Um, I hear from some people that even though they love to listen to these podcasts, they get lost in them. So listen to them again. <laughs> Play it twice. You know, I've seen great movies that are very intensive, profound, and the very first layer is the story, and the second layer is the theme, and the third layer is the underlying premise, and the fourth layer is the spirit. So I have to watch the reruns several times before I get all the messages that I need to get. And I'm and I and I you know. I have a BA in media studies, so I should be able to do that more quickly. But I have to do that. So if these get you lost, if you need to back up and say, okay, now wait a minute, what was the connection between water and the crops and the crops and the air and air and the water supply and water supply and energy and energy and gas and gas and wars and wars and peace and what are all those connections? They're all there. All the symbols have been there and all the messages have been given. And I've told you some more of what's going to happen. Watch the animals. <laughs> Watch the animals, dogs attacking alligators and bison getting run out of Yellowstone and uh, in in place of uh, or being replaced instead by the more important cattle, which brings more money. Um, watch what's happening over in Europe. For those of you who listen from there, I have many, and Australia. You are an island, so you don't get pushed around by the Earth's tectonic plates as much as everybody else, but you're an island. That means you're surrounded by water. Whenever you have water on two sides, at least, you have a higher conductivity of connection and availability of connection to spirit because you are conducting the energy within you and the energy around you in a much better way than people who are landlocked and, um, and aren't near the water at all, which is probably why many of the farmers went to the rivers because they actually were told it was easier to <laughs> irrigate your crops when, in fact, it's easier to irrigate your mind and keep it from uh, drying up and not, not taking ahead. So go to earthwalk-usa.com if you are interested in, in finding out about making water from air. Um, you can do this on two levels. You can There are two sizes for this thing. One's 1995 and one's um, 2495, something like that. Um, basically maintenance-free. And uh, you just change the filters every nine months or so, depending on how much water you make. And, and you can buy them. You can buy them for your friends. How can you afford that? I can't afford that. Can you afford that? No, but you can lease one for $53 a month, and after five years, you own it. And five years from now, you may very much want to have something that makes water out of air. So um, we've done all this stuff, and you believe me, when I started doing water research years ago and we got the whole house water system, it wasn't too long after that that people started saying, oh, my God, look what's in the water. We didn't have to worry. We started doing the gardening stuff. Um, well, I've been gardening in Buffalo, New York, and other places for years and years and years. But we started doing the gardening stuff almost as soon as we rebuilt or built this house. And um, uh, Lori does a lot of the gardening because she totally enjoys it. It's part of her spiritual connection to Earth. And now people are saying, God, I wish I had tomatoes that I didn't have to buy. Well, we have about 9,000 of them. Um, we started doing essential oils several, maybe a decade ago or, or longer. Now people are realizing that essential oils are the blood of plants and that they have this higher vibrational energy that helps people to heal. That's why they're in the Bible. That was the message to us. Not, oh, look, they're doing somebody's feet, but, oh, gee, everything's being provided for you. That's why they anoint themselves in oils. So we do the essential oils. Um, we do reflexology because it's ancient. It's an ancient way of balancing the systems in the body. We do massage because it is also now uh, a very old modality of, of realigning the 
body structure and cleansing the muscle structure of the body from all the toxins and all lactic acids and other acids that are locked in the muscles. Um, we do more water research about drinking water and hydration. We write books and we teach classes. So we've been doing this stuff for a long time. I can take you to Native American elders and they'll tell you the same thing. I can take you to, to Edgar Casey via uh, an energy link if you really want to talk to him and he'll tell you the same thing. I can take you to the internet so that you can learn about Nostradamus and he'll tell you the same thing. And I can take you to the Bible and you can truly read the Bible, not interpreted by the church, but interpreted by your soul. And it'll tell you the same thing. Okay? All right. Thanks for listening. Please pass all this on. And when I say that, just like I've always said, don't be afraid to pass it to somebody that can always delete it. Don't be afraid to tell somebody they can always say no. Don't be afraid to copy it. I haven't put any copyright things on these. Make a CD and give it to somebody. Tell them that they need to listen. They need to start paying attention. It's not a scare tactic. It's just the truth. There's nothing scary about what's happening. It's just the truth. And it's an opportunity for you to start taking charge of your health, your body, your mind, your spirit, your family, and all that's around you, and start making changes one person at a time. This is Rainy G. Thanks again.